0: You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as the family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. Last week, Greg kicked this series off on the kingdom. We've, we've talked all summer about the church being called out ones, sent ones, and we're shifting that to now being talking about the kingdom, talking about advancing the kingdom, talking about advancing the uh, the work of the church, how is the, what does the church look like? Not that we are just, we are the church, but now how are we going to move forward? How are we going to go into the future together? That's what we're going to talk about, as Greg said, for the next three months, because we want to move intentionally into the future together because God has stuff to do. <laughs> God has a lot for you to do. Everything that was spoken by by Sarah and Elaine and Gabe and Amanda this morning just underscored what, I, what I've been feeling and to share that it's not just that God is on the move, but he has moves for us to do. He is asking us to step forward, us to, to play a part in advancing the kingdom. I'm gonna try not to swear today. Uh, If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to last week's message. And I I say that for twofold. One, you'll laugh. Uh, But two, it was an incredible message to kick off our series. So don't miss last week's message. I'm I'm speaking off of, I'm going to refer a lot today to last week's message. And I don't think I'll have a problem not swearing. But that's an inside joke now between all of us that were here last week. I wasn't actually here. I was traveling. I spoke in Baltimore uh, last Sunday at a church down in Baltimore. My son and I went down, and I get this video clip from my, from my daughter sent, um, through, through messages. And I'm like, why is she sending me a clip of Greg? And I, I play it, and I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. We've talked about this for weeks. And from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. We want to be a part of that forceful advancing of the kingdom of heaven. So we've been talking about what is the kingdom, what is the church. We are the kingdom extenders in this world. We are We are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world, in Messina, in the North Country, in Uganda. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Paul says that we are the body. He says that in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, that we are the body of Christ, that Christ is our head, He's in charge. It's his church. He's building it, but he's building it through us, through you, not through me, not just through me. That would be that would not be a great idea. But through all of us. That God that we are the hands and feet that, that God's fingerprints. If you want to see God's fingerprints on the world, you need to look at what the church is doing. Now, the church, we've talked about how the church doesn't necessarily do everything perfectly all the time that we have we have our own stuff. But God uses the church to extend his kingdom. In, in uh, Ephesians 3.10, it says that through the church, God's wisdom is known to the world. That's what our desire is, is that through the church, that the world sees the wisdom of God. That's what we're called to. And if we're not showing Messina the wisdom of God, if we're not showing the North Country what unity looks like, then we got to step it up. Because this is God's plan, the church, to be the hands and feet, to be those who declare a truth, to those who display what good relationship looks like, for those that show what forgiveness feels like, what, it, what, it, what it's like. It's through the church. It's through us walking it out. The good news, Greg said last week that the good news that Jesus preached, he didn't go around preaching the cross. He went out preaching about the kingdom and saying what the kingdom is like and kingdom is just is just a phrase just a word it's where the dome under which God is king that God is is king over the world that God is our creator God is God He is over it all and he's going around declaring what the kingdom is supposed to look like and then we are the hands and feet the fingerprint for everybody to see Sometimes I wonder if God knew what he was doing because we Well, we. I don't even have to finish that sentence. But we want to be the hands and feet of God in the world. We want to show the love of God. We want to show the peace of God. We want to show all of that. That's what we're going to be focused on for the next couple of weeks. Jesus went around preaching, and wherever he went, he, he showed people what the kingdom of God was like. He did that through healing people. He did that through encouraging people. He did that—I look at the, the woman at the well. When Jesus had a conversation with this woman at a well, that her life didn't change. Like, her circumstances didn't change after her conversation, but her life changed after her conversation. She had to go back home and to face reality, but her world was different through a conversation that she had with Jesus— that's what we believe, that when we, when we are connected to Jesus, when we're connected to the source of all life, that circumstances change, even though it seems like circumstances don't change. But we, the church is advancing. I, you know, we talk about the news all the time, and the neg- negative stories are what dominate the news. But it's not the only story, and we know that. The church is advancing. We've already talked about how we're Greg's in Plattsburgh and we're, we're going to a Sakandaga coming up for our first service. There are so many good things happening through the church. The church really is thriving. You know, we're 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 as a as a church connected to Manahouse Global. We've talked about that over the last number of months and years and connected to a network. Well right now Manahouse House Global has partners in Afghanistan and Pakistan where immediately when things happened a couple weeks ago. We mobilize and send thirty thousand dollars over there, and have partners on the ground helping refugees and and doing whatever we can. And yeah, does it feel like a drop in the bucket? Sometimes it does, but we're moving. There is stuff happening, and we're connected to churches all over the place and seeing things that God is doing. And the church is thriving. I I believe that, and I want us to see that that we are we are working. There's a missions trip through Manahouse Global just took place to Mexico. We're going to take people to. Julie's going to—I'm not going to take people. Julie's going to take people to Wisconsin to go down to the Hub. We're going to go to New York City in November because we want to extend the kingdom. We want to see people come to know Christ in all the fullness that he has to offer and all the life, love, and peace that he offers. But we have a choice. We have a choice to intentionally live in the kingdom. You, this morning— every day that you wake up, have a choice to live in the kingdom. We have a choice to refuse to live a life of obligation and rather live a life of intention. I didn't make that up. I was listening to a guy speak, and he said, I have chosen to not live a life of obligation, but to live a life of intention. And I had to pause my phone and just let that sink in. And it's not saying that we don't do the things that we're obligated to do because we can't eliminate all of our obligations, right? At least I can't. Mortgage payment is still due (laughs) at the first of the month. You know, bills are still coming. We have obligation, but are we ruled by our obligation or do we bring intention into our obligations? Are you going to bring intention into your life or are you going to let your life intend you? (laughs) Are you going to live a life where everything that happens to you, you just are at the receiving end of it, and we react to it? Or are we going to bring intention into every part of our life? That's what God has been challenging me in in the last couple of weeks. And that's what I want to challenge you in this morning, that we bring intention into our lives. You know, nothing great happens without intention. Good things happen. I planted a a bush, a rose bush earlier in the year, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I got it in the ground. A couple weeks later, there's there's roses there, and I'm like, wow, I did that. Well, not really, (laughs) Julie bought the plan and told me what to do, but I I was, but the the roses just bloomed, but nothing good happens without intention, that there's always intention behind anything great that happens. And in, in, even in, in this room, you know, uh, you know Tony and, and Shane are weapons instructors in the jail, or Tony was until recently weapons instructor in the jail. But they don't—they aren't weapons instructors because they've never taken a shot before. You don't get good at hunting. I was just hearing a story about Chris. I don't think Chris White is here, but I heard a story about Chris White hunting yesterday that just blew my mind. His ability with the bow and arrow, but that doesn't happen by just going by buying a bow. And grabbing an arrow or whatever you do, I'm obviously not a hunter, <laughs> and going out and you and you just, you know how to shoot. It takes intention. You know, Mike, Mike Northrup is an extremely talented man, but one of the things that I love about Mike is his ability to mud and tape. <laughs> I'll hang the sheetrock, but then I ask Mike, can you help me out? I help him out. I'm not trying to give your services away here. But Mike comes over, and, and if I'm the one mudding my wall, I'm going to put the whole pail of mud on the wall and then sand it down until it's flat. Mike comes over and he says, less is more. Less is more. And he does it so quickly and effortlessly that I'm like, you, <laughs> this is your calling, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not Not your calling. You don't want to do that forever. But, he, but he's done it so many times to where he can do it. Nothing great happens by accident. Julia is an artist with a camera. And she worked at it. You know, Pete Ryder, Pete took a thriving business, and took it to the next level, and has taken it to the next level again. And every time I talk to to his partner, Mike, Mike's like, man, Pete just stepped this business up. But he did that through intention. Bill Jaggers is a master teacher, and now an administrator, a a principal at Madison. He's a sought-after principal, and he's not that because he just naturally is a gifted teacher. He worked at it. I like to make coffee. (laughs) And if you've ever been in my home, you see that I put great intention into, into my coffee. And people like to pick on me, and I'll take it. I think I make a really good cup of coffee. <laughs> but I do it with great intention. See, I believe that you are capable of greatness. That you are capable of doing something absolutely phenomenal. Because I, I know I, we know, we look around the room, I could pick on all of you that have an ability that just transcends. But it doesn't just happen because you woke up one day and and there it is. It requires intention. But we have things in our lives that that hold us back. And we've talked for years as Restoring the Foundations and Restore about ungodly beliefs, how there there are things that we believe about ourselves that are not of God. And we need to challenge those things. We need to replace those things. And I heard somebody talk about how there's, there's lies that we believe, L-I-E, limiting ideas expressed, that we have limiting ideas expressed over our lives that are not true, and we need to correct them. We need to change them. We need to step into something greater. Everyone has a part to play in the kingdom. In advancing the church, it doesn't happen by accident. We don't play our part by accident. I think, you know, it's hard to talk about, I think we have an awkward way of talking about the future. We talk about that we would like to change history, but really what we need to do is we need to create the future. And yet when, when we talk about creating the future, it kind of feels like overstepping, Like, the future is in God's hands. Or, we really want to see history change, but the only way that it changes is if we actively create the future. And this morning, I want to challenge you to create your future. Now, mindful of the hardness of life, the challenges, and there's some very real, very present, very immediate challenges in our lives, but we still have the ability to create the future. You know, there are lots of fingerprints on our future. And some of the fingerprints on our future are by people that we don't want to be fingerprinting our future. There are people that are actively creating the future of your life. That you don't want them to be creating your future, but they're the ones that are creating it. I think of I think of guys, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't be creating the future, but I think of guys like Elon Musk. That's creating the future. I mean, that guy is thinking so far ahead of me that I can't even understand what he's talking about. But he's he's creating the future. And and years ago I was fascinated with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs created our future. <laughs> uh, most of us probably in here have an iPhone, or we at least have a smartphone that tries to be like an iPhone. Sorry, that's <laughs> a I I am not endorsed by Apple, though you would you wouldn't you would think it if you ever hug like, out or hug. Um, yeah, right there. Uh, but Steve Jobs created our future. And I, I my aunt uh, out in California, she sent me a text. This is years ago. I, I had I've re- been reading a biography about Steve Jobs and had been talking of you know, just really interested in Steve Jobs and all the things that he was doing with Apple. And and she sent me a text and says, "I'm kind of shocked that you that you speak so positively, that you think positively about Steve Jobs." She's trying to say, "Have you heard about his?" his life like his issues with his wife and his issues or his ex the mother of his daughter and with his daughter lisa and how he's treated employees and i said yeah i've, I've read those stories about how his employees have said that they needed therapy after working with them but it, but they were proud of what they accomplished and how there was a uh, really a broken man that had brokenness in his wake and she said how can you quote him you know, on, on, on Instagram? How can you quote him on Facebook? And I had to step back and think about that and, and realize that, you know, I'm, I'm talking about this man positively, but he's as broken as anybody, but he is a man who is, who actively created the future. You have that opportunity. You don't have to be a Steve Jobs or an Elon Musk to create your future to create the future for your family, to create a future for Messina, to create a future for the world. We all have an opportunity to shape the future. You know, in June, we celebrated 40 years that our church has existed for 40 years and had done amazing things. And we talked about all the things that have happened in the last 40 years and the churches that have been planted and the people that have been saved and all the stuff that's happened. And 40 years from now, somebody's going to look back and they're going to look back and say how, how this was history, that what we're doing now will be history. But we have to write it. We have to lean in. We can't just step back and we talked about that. We're, we're turning over the page to the next 40 years. What are we going to do so that in 40 years people look back and they say, wow, we're in the future that they created. I want to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. ecclesiastes chapter 3 familiar passage it's quoted a lot solomon writes for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant a time to harvest a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build up a time to cry and a time to laugh a time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and and a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. What do people really get from all their hard work? Solomon writes, I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the in the in the human heart. For God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. In this passage, this is, if you, if, Ecclesiastes is a, is a strange book to read because you see him depressed and, and trying to reach and trying to understand and, and trying to wrestle through these big thoughts. See, Solomon is struggling with his relationship with eternity, his relationship with God, trying to understand how God works in time and space, how there is a time for everything, but God has also put eternity in the human heart. How we are both time-dated and eternal at the same time. We, We now know that you take matter and energy, the light, Coming from, coming from those those cans up there, how we see energy, how we see matter, that it's all the same thing, that particles, when you get down to a molecular level, that this is just slower particles, and those are faster particles, and how everything is made of the same stuff, and yet it doesn't make sense to, to our way of seeing the world, how we look at this, it's, it's solid, that we can trust it, that I can lean on it, and I know that it's going to support me, because these particles are have slowed down and they're, and they're they're still in there buzzing around it's what science tells us anyway i kind of i i don't i don't believe it but i believe it <laughs> how we're all made of the same stuff faster particles and slower particles how it kind of helps me understand god a little bit how god can be eternal and also, step into time. How God can be timeless and yet create time. And, and I read Stephen Hawking. And I say I read Stephen Hawking. I read like 20 pages and then that's all I got through. Because <laughs> and, and he talks about how time had a beginning point. How, how a man who's a proclaimed atheist, he looks at the world, he looks at science, and he looks at everything and he says that there was a beginning point of time. How can there be a beginning point of time? How, how, I, I, I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> how an eternal God creates time for us, that we are inside time, and yet we're also outside it at the same time. That we are caught in time. We are caught in this moment. We are stuck in this moment, but yet we are also have eternity in our hearts. We're, we're stamped with it that there is an eternal aspect that we need to become aware of. The scriptures declare that God slowed down and stepped into time and changed everything in the person of Jesus. That Jesus, Paul writes in Philippians, that he set aside his divine attributes and he stepped into time And became a human being and and walked among us. That the eternal slowed down to walk with us, to show us what, what humanity is supposed to look like, to show us how you can be both eternal and time stamped at the same time. That we are not trapped in time simply, but we are also connected to eternity. Ephesians chapter two verse six says, Paul writes. He says, "For he raised us from the dead. You, if you've identified with Christ, Paul says he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us past tense seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we we are united with Christ Jesus. So what Paul is declaring here, what he's telling you, is true. What he is saying, this is what's true over you is that if you've if you've been united with Christ. That you are presently seated with him in heavenly places. <laughs> Last week, Greg, Greg referenced um, the, the, the mother of James and John coming to Jesus and asking if her sons could sit at Jesus' right and left. And Jesus says, that's not my, that's not my ability to give, that's only what the Father does. But here, Paul says, You have that place. The place that 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 was that, that, that Salome was asking to be seated with Jesus. Now, whether what that looks like, I don't know, but Paul is declaring that right now, presently, you are connected to eternity, that you have a different residence besides this one, that we have multiple residences, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places now, that there is eternity stamped in our hearts. What does this mean? Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, but we are citizens of heaven where our Lord Jesus Christ lives. You are not trapped in the moment you find yourself in. I know it feels that way. But God has put eternity in your heart. The the moment that you find yourself in right now, whatever that is, that wherever the situation you find yourself in, it's not the full story. That if if you identify with Christ, if you accept what he says about you, that he has something else to say about this moment. And he's inviting you to take a step into it. God set eternity in the hearts of every human being. You know, last week, Greg mentioned how You know, sin boiled down is basically, I know better than God. That that we, Eve thought she knew better, we think we know better, and we do it our way. History is the story of beauty and tragedy interwoven. How God is writing a beautiful story in human history, and humanity is writing a story of tragedy how God put God and Eve in the garden, and he made everything perfect and beautiful. And then humanity decided to say, I think I know better, and brought tragedy into that moment. Humanity changed the plot. Well, it didn't, ca- didn't catch God off guard. But with Jesus, there's always a future and hope. Jeremiah 29, says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. I found myself saying recently more often than not that I believe a better future is possible but I can't see it. Now, there's been situations in my life or relationships that I'm connected to or, or people that I'm walking with and I believe Something better is possible. But I find myself confessing to my wife or to Greg as, I, as, we, as we're walking together, like, but I just don't see it. <laughs> I want this person to experience life. I want this situation to unlock. I want our church to flourish in this way, but I don't know how to get there. <laughs> or I just have a hard time believing it's going to happen. <laughs> But see, those are ungodly beliefs. Those are lies. Those are limiting ideas that I'm expressing over my life that limits my ability to create the future. I'm limiting my ability to create the future in in speaking those things. And I don't want to get weird about this, but we do a great job of limiting ourselves, of speaking negative over our lives, When if we just speak positive, things start to open up. And it's not a magic key, but it kind of is. (laughs) Because we have eternity stamped on our hearts. We have the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, inviting us into the future. Inviting us to be the hands and feet. Inviting us to be his fingerprints in the world. To create the future together. You will never be trapped in your worst moment. Amanda mentioned 9-11. Yesterday we celebrated or remembered 20 years. You know, in, in those moments, it's just all-consuming. There are, there are many in our, in our world and many in our community that are facing job loss, through politics and through policy and through things that are being handed down, and the future seems like it's outside of our control. And in, in a lot of senses, it is because there's other people writing the future. But it's not the only person in, involved in the story. We need to bring Jesus into the story. You know. Oh. I'm looking at the clock. Well, there's a phrase that I despise, and you can argue with me later. (laughs) Everything happens for a reason. I hear it all the time, in all different circumstances, all different situations. Everything happens for a reason. I don't believe that's biblical. I don't believe that's what God says. Paul, Paul declares that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I believe that God works all things for good. That he takes every circumstance, every situation, every moment that you find yourself in, and he wants to step into it and engage it and create a better future. But it's not his fault. <laughs> You know, we find ourselves, the things happen. You know, we know I, I spoke of history being inter, interweaving of a story of beauty and a story of tragedy, how God is the author of beauty and humanity is the author of tragedy. And we need to remember that things happen because of humanity. And I know we know that. Because everything doesn't happen for a reason, but God brings reason into everything. <laughs> That he wants to bring a future. He wants to bring hope. He wants to bring joy. He wants to bring peace. He wants to bring flourishing into every moment. And he wants to do it with you. He wants you to be a part of ushering it in. But we have to actually do something about it. (laughs) We have to partner with God. We have to be the ones on the move. We have to step forward. We have to say whatever we need to say. Do whatever we need to do. Organize however we need to organize to meet God as he is working all things together for good. I I understand what we're saying when we say everything happens for a reason, but I think we often say it, and I'm sorry, but I think we often say it as a cop-out. Everything happens for a reason. Is that living a life of obligation or is that living a life of intention? Are we creating the future or are we letting somebody else create it for us? And this is a tough moment, because there's a lot that's outside of your control, because I don't control everything. I'd like to think I control everything. (laughs) I'm so often reminded that I don't control anything, except for what I do in every moment. I can choose how to respond, how to act, how to react, how to move, how to plan, how, how to step forward. And you can, too, to create the future. Will you accept that responsibility to create your future? Second Corinthians chapter two. Second Corinthians chapter two. But it was to us. Us is you. It is to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own Spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. In verse 16, says, and he's quoting scripture, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. When When we identify with Christ, when we accept Christ into our life, when we welcome the Holy Spirit into our life, he comes to dwell with us. And Paul says here that with the Spirit of Christ, with God's Spirit in us, we have the mind of Christ. What I think that means for us this morning is that in our moments, in our situations, when we need to figure out what to do, what how to act, how to respond, we have the Holy Spirit available to us. We have God's thoughts available to us we just need to tap into them we need to search the scriptures and to to pray and ask god for his for his will to do for his for what he is asking of us that we are not caught in a moment living a life where everything's happening to us but we have the spirit of christ the spirit of god in us in all situations to where we can create the future and it's not us creating the future it's us creating the future with god when we say that we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, it's not an arrogant statement. It's an invitation that God is saying, hey, I'm the head of the church. I am building my church, Jesus says, but I want to do it through you. I want you to create the future. And he's going to inspire. He's going he's to lead. He's going to give us the creativity. He's going to convict us of the things that we need to change. He's going to be with us to help us overcome our, our difficulties and our sins and our, and our habits. But with Christ, we get to create the future with him. Nothing great happens without intention. And taking the responsibility. We're going to talk for the next three months about advancing the kingdom. And we aren't going to do it by just sitting down. (laughs) And by sitting back and just waiting for it to happen. We're going to do it by stepping up, by following Jesus, by hearing what he has to say, and by doing what he tells us to do. Is that all right? One of our, our values as a church, Sherry talked about this earlier, one of our values as a church is groups. Asher, I gave you my phone, or my, I think my phone's sitting there. Can you bring it up to me, bud? I try not to have my phone on me so I don't get distracted. One of our values is as, a, as a church is groups. And and we joke about, you know, we used to call them small groups. We used to call them life groups. We used to call them cell groups, but then that's not in vogue anymore. Uh, we used to call them a number of things. House churches, groups, focus groups, classes. Uh, Sherry said so well that it's in those, those, those opportunities, those spaces, when we can get together, that we can encourage one another, that we can grow together, that we can shape each other, that we can ask questions. And she says that they had all the answers in their group. I want to go to that group. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You get to ask all the questions. Whether or not we find the answers, I, I don't know. Although when I do have a question, I do call Sherry oftentimes. But when we get together in groups, it's our desire that all of us are a part of a group where we can walk together, where we can take these thoughts that I'm trying to to pass on, trying to unpack, and we can wrestle through them together and we can encourage each other with what it looks like to create the future in our individual lives. How we can do that together is, is the desire. That we can talk about what this means and talk about what it could look like and talk about how we can encourage and support one another. Whether you're attending a, a prayer a prayer group or whether you're going to a house church or going to a focus group, that we can walk together challenging each other And so, we have uh, this app, this Church Center app, and you can go on your app store, whatever app store you have, and and look, search Church Center, and it connects you to, it uses GPS to to figure out, you know, which churches are in your area, and it does take a little bit of process, that's not the right finger, this one will open it up, (laughs) it does take a little bit of process to get connected. but when you, get, when you get connected to the Church Center app, there's lots of things that are on there, our church calendar, our directory, events, and, and things. But then going over to more and hitting groups and cycling through and finding house churches and focus groups and classes to get connected to. And we'll just be honest, we don't have enough of them. We need more of them. We need more, more of us to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to invite people into my home and, and just get together and, and be a group together. But we, I invite you to look on the app, to look at these house churches, to gather together, to, to lean on somebody and say, hey, what group are you a part of? Oh, you don't have one? Why do we, we should do one together. <laughs> because it, it does take intention to create the future. But man, it's really a lot better when you're doing it together. I invite you to, to stand with me. I'm... I'm a pretty optimistic guy. I haven't been super optimistic lately. (laughs) But I'm a pretty optimistic guy. But that optimism comes from my faith. That optimism comes from what I see in the scriptures. From what I believe to be true. From what I know to be true. That God is building his church. That the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That we have a future and a hope. At Colossians 1, it says that God reconciled through His Son all things to Himself. That Revelations 20 20 and 21, that God will wipe every tear away. There will be no more disease, no more brokenness, no more pain. Let's let's kick down the gates together. Let's move into the future together, whatever that looks like. And all of us, it's going to look different for every single one of us because every single one of us has our own world, has our own relationships, has our own situation. But together, let's lean into the future together and be intentional about creating the future and not just letting somebody else create it for us. Jesus, God, we thank you. God, that you stepped out of time, that you slowed down to walk with us 2,000 years ago that you went around declaring the good news of the kingdom. And Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price to take on the pain, to take on the guilt and shame, and to take on the penalty that all of humanity is due. You took sin upon yourself to offer forgiveness to us. And God, you changed history in that moment. That You changed the world in that moment. God, you are writing the future. The future is written from your vantage point. And God, we lean into that future. We lean into you this morning. God, help us to bring intention into every moment. Help us to, to create the future with you that you are creating, to step with you into where you have us to go. God, help us to walk beside each other, to encourage one another, to be a strength to each other, to lift each other up, to give creative thoughts, to to, get, to pass along ideas and to, to help each other, to give a hand, to, to help out financially, to, to make a meal, to do all the things that create the future together. We do this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.